<laughs> hey, let's do one more shot before this. I know you are. You always are. So am I. That's why we're friends. Goddamn right. Yep. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast. For myself, Renee Sanchez, and my buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch rom-coms, and then immediately talk into microphones and record our thoughts for your listening pleasure. Max Lyon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, my man. I'm doing well. Just got done with deadline week. So oh, I'm yeah. Tired as fuck. <laughs> your architecture... architecture uh, project. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had to finish up a, a bunch of drawings and models and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> finally, finally done with that for the time being, and uh, and I'm happy. Other than that, like, yeah, I'm I happy. Mean, I kinda, How about you? I kind of have the same thing at work. It's the end of the month, and the end of the month means everyone needs their loads of goods to be picked up, and it has to be picked up on time. And you're working with bunch of carriers who don't know how to answer their phones and give you updates so it's uh that's yeah that's I, logistics you know, just to you. give a little that's... more background i haven't really given a background on what i do i work in logistics so i work with like you know scheduling loads making sure loads get picked up by trucks and go from point a to point b on time mm-hmm. so. and he's damn good at it folks you're damn right i'm damn good at it uh <laughs> but yeah it's uh it could be you know it's just a, sometimes it can be a wild goose chase, and uh, end of the month he tends to ramp it up. And then also half of our team was gone, uh, just from random shit. So didn't you just have a good performance review though too? I did have a good performance review. Damn. And then I find out right. my uh, my compensation, whether you know I get a raise or not, or a, and a bonus or not. Uh, during the performance review, the boss said it's going to be a good one. So we'll see what happens. Wait, you have two separate. Yeah, if we find out about compensation after the. So, like, you find out your performance, and then, then you're, and then you have another meeting about your compensation. How, how long do you have to wait for that? Uh, I have the meeting next week. Uh, and then it, My office it does kicks. that, too, where they split it up, but mine yeah. does it, like, six months apart. It's really weird. Ooh. No, like, no, I guess it's, like, three months apart. Man. It's really weird. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll give you, like, your actual performance review in, like, October. And then you get your bonus and your raise in, you know, around the holidays or the, oh. the first of the year. I mean, so the company's words are free. Money is, costs money. Yeah. <laughs> they got to make sure they got it before yeah, they give it to you. That's true. <laughs> that's... Uh, but anyway, tonight we watched It Happened One Night. It Happened One Night. It was a choice night. by myself. Reason I chose it and my first memory of it. Go for it. Is because it was one of my mom's favorite movies. Really? She loved this movie. Really? Yes. She's no the one, shit. She's the one who told me about it and introduced me to it after college when I lived with my mom for a couple years after college, as you know, recent graduates usually do. Um, she had like a you know a DVR like with Direct TV, and she had like all the movie channels, and mm-hmm. it randomly popped up. 
and she recorded it, and like so she just had it on the DVR, and she's like, oh, I love, and you know, she always mentioned how she loved this movie, and so one time, you know, it was like a random Sunday, we're just chilling, it's raining outside in Oregon, you know, of course, and she's just when like, is it not? Yeah, exactly, and I'm like, you want to watch it happen one night? I know you have it on there. I'm, we're not doing. She had never on. seen it. Well, no, she she'd seen it. She he loved the movie, but oh, she had oh, okay, it recorded. Okay, okay, gotcha. And there's nothing on TV on like a Sunday. Gotcha. There's no sports on or anything worthwhile or anything like that. And so I suggested let's watch the movie. I, I'm interested. Like I know it's a po- I know of its you know popularity and how it's considered one of the you know greatest films of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm interested. Let's watch it. And she's like, oh, yeah, let's watch it. And we watched it, and it was just a really cool experience. And then I uh, I ended up, I think, as, like, a gift just because, you know, poor after college sort of gift. But might have been a Mother's Day gift or something. I bought her the DVD. Nice. So, yeah, you know, so she had Classy it. Move. So she didn't have to have it on DVR because, you know, in 2011, 2010. It's the way to go. You needed that DVD, baby. Wait, it wasn't Laserdisc? Yeah, it wasn't Laserdisc <laughs> quite back then, yeah. But it wasn't quite Blu-ray either. It was DVD. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then, you know, last week's episode, we, we talked about Leap Year. Leap Year was loosely based on It Happened One Night. Right, yeah. So I figured... Did she ever tell you why she liked it so much? Um, she. I mean, she loved older romantic films. Another favorite of hers is one that we'll do sometime down the road, which is another older movie I like, uh, A Philadelphia Story, mm. or The Philadelphia Story. Um, that's a great movie, too. Um, and we'll do that in the future. Uh, and that's considered one of the greater films of all time as well. But she had that. I remember that. She had that on fucking VHS. She had recorded it off of, like, KPTV 12. They re-ran it, like, one random Sunday, and she had that shit recorded on a VHS that... And it had the fucking label that uh, said the Philadelphia story. Did it have the like the weird warped ribbon that it came had through little, every like, once in a while? The little static yep. ribbon that would sometimes come through. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And it had like commercials and shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So those were the days. I I actually yeah, like I don't miss VHS, but I kinda do. Just because but of the nostalgia, a nostalgia factor it. Yeah. to it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um so yeah, but that was my <laughs> first awesome. movie. Do you have any memories of this movie before? No, this, this? is the first time I've ever seen it. Um, I mean, I I definitely I get it. Like I get that that these older movies have um, have a quality about them, something that I never really appreciated before. I don't think, and I'm I'm just now starting to get to an age where it's like, oh, okay, like I can. They're obviously different, and they're you know not necessarily my first go to off top of my head kind of choice but there is something about them that i understand now and i'm starting to appreciate yeah that i don't think i ever did before i'm starting to like watch it more for like the you know the quality of the filmmaking as opposed to the story you know what's the movie especially for a movie like this where like cinema was invented what like 30 years earlier yeah like (laughs) Yeah, this, like, talkies were very recent. Yeah. At this point, yes. So, I mean, that, to put it in that perspective is really cool. Because, like, you think about movies nowadays, and they're just, you know, they're everywhere. It's You can easily watch any movie, any day, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And back then, it, it was a it was an event. It was a, 
special occasion. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it happened one night. It is a 1934 pre-code American romantic comedy film. Uh, I'll go into pre-code here in a second. Okay. Uh, but that was... Uh, I, was, was I was just about to ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is from Wikipedia, of course, because Wikipedia is always right. Um, always quote your sources. <laughs> of course, yeah. Source is always Wikipedia. Uh, it is directed and co-produced by Frank Capra in collaboration with Harry Cohn. Frank Capra, of course, a very famous director of the time. Did uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Did a whole bunch of movies. That's the other I think I he might have also done... Hey, but did he do... He might... I don't know. No, no, no. Keep keep reading. I'll look. Yeah. Look if he did the Philadelphia story. I'm, I'm just going to look up what he did. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to look up... But anyway, <laughs> uh, the movie is, you know, of course, in which a pampered socialite, played by Claudette Colbert, uh, tries to get out of from under her father's thumb and falls in love with a roguish reporter, Clark Gable. The plot is based on the August 1933 short story, Night Bus... By Samuel Hopkins Adams. And that also was the shooting title of the movie. So while they were filming it, it was just called Night Bus. Oh, yeah. I did remember reading that for yeah. Tasty Tidbits. Yeah. Um, now, it is classified as a pre-code production. Because the film is among the last romantic comedies created before the MPPDA, which is the uh, motion picture production, like, agency thing mm-hmm. began rigidly enforcing the 1930 motion picture production code in july of 1934 happened one night was released just four months prior to that enforcement mm-hmm. so basically like the rating systems which the ratings came later but the ratings are based off of the code right and the code was starting to get enforced after this movie okay so that's why you saw a little bit of you know claudette colbert side boob right you saw her leg you know, all that risque stuff. Oh, risque stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie, you know, Gable and Colbert are the only two uh, listed as actors. Uh, this was released on February 22nd, 1934. Uh, and the running time is... Um, hour 45. Yes. That is correct. Really? Dead on. Yeah! 105 minutes. <laughs> we bask in the glory of this moment. It only took us 11 episodes. 12. 12. Oh, yeah, 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, see, I can't count. I'm right no, back. No, no, no. That's part of the problem. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, the budget was $325,000. That's whopping. Well, at that time. At that time, yeah. That's prob that's millions now, like millions upon millions. That's probably about it, like a, the fifty million that how how to lose a guy in ten days used. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Inflation. Box office. How much did it make? Um. Wait. Three hundred. What was it? Three hundred. Three hundred twenty-five thousand was the budget. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say a million. Two point five million dollars. Nice. And it also had two million in theatrical rentals, so you could actually you could go to the theater and oh, rent it as well. Okay. So basically, like four point five million out in the theaters. Okay. Um, 
course, this was before like TVs and yeah. home entertainment systems and all that. So it made four point five million off of three hundred twenty five thousand, which is huge, absolutely tremendous. And on top of that, I mean, there's other factors that go into it. At that time, only one movie would be in theaters, so that is a part of it. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. You only had like one option. There's, what the hell? Like you know those uh, old th- you know the old theater in uh, uh, Downers Grove. Um, and like you no. know how, like or uh, there was one in Salem, Oregon called Elsinore Theater. Okay. Do you remember that theater? No. Or like. You know those like little theaters, like those little mini. Theaters? Yeah, the like. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, that's where they would go see movies. Like Notting Hill, they were watching one, and when they were watching. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like the, the yeah. little the the what's the word for it? Um, the I was gonna say niche theaters, but that's not what they are. Yeah. But the, yeah, the little old theater. I can't. Yeah, think of the like word. old theaters, like where they have like. Yeah. You know, where they'll not have like concerts. Which obviously weren't like old that. back then. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, you only had one film. So, going back to what Frank, Frank Capra directed. Yeah. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Okay. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Wow. A lot of going places. <laughs> um, you Can't Take It With You. Mm-hmm. Meet John No Joe. Bleh. Meet John Doe. Arsenic and Old Lace, which I have seen, is actually pretty good. Uh, Lost Horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only ones that are ringing a bell with me and seem to be the top build ones. I gotcha. And there was no The Philadelphia Story, so that was someone else. I think, yeah. oh, wait, that was George Cooker. Cooker. Oh, no. When we watch that film, we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah. But Max. I think it's time to get into some tasty tidbits, now that we've talked a little bit about Frank Capra. Oh, is it? I think so, sir. Oh, is it? Get it going, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, so <laughs> it is... Had, by the way, we've had three shots of tequila. We're not sipping during it, but we, we did have a few shots. Yeah, so, we had a few shots. I kind of want another one during it, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see how this goes. We'll see, 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 we'll see. We're also running on, like... Uh, like I was not joking when like I I am running on such little sleep throughout this whole week <laughs> that I am just doped up on caffeine for like five days straight. I know you're yeah. doped up on caffeine. Yeah, today. I'm. I, I chewed on so, some run gum, we're, which we're, is caffeinated gum. We're in some interesting moods. Yeah. Uh, well, also I stayed up last night watching the Oregon Ducks beat the Oregon State Beavers in basketball. What? 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 Fuck OSU. Uh, but hey, hey, that's my hometown careful but fuck osu fuck osu uh but yeah that game started after 10 central time oh damn started so yeah i didn't get to bed till after midnight and i had to go to work by seven so yes damn yep 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 it's all my fault okay So, uh, this is the first of only three films ever to win all five major Academy Awards. Yes, sir. I forgot to mention that in my stats. I I figured it was a good segue from the stats. We also mentioned it briefly last episode as well. Did we? Yes. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, the five major Academy Awards are Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes. Adapted or original, but yes. Yeah. 
Uh, in this case, it'd be adapted it'd be because adapt. it's a short story. And um, the other two movies were? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And? Which, and, uh... Yeah. A, a Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Well done. I read it off I of can't Wikipedia. believe Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's... That seems like a weird one to throw in the I mix. know, like, the acting performances are pretty good, but, like, the fact that it won, like, picture, yeah. director, and screenplay, too. Yeah. That's... That's yeah. interesting. I get the acting, though. But, like, there's like, nothing else? Like, I get this one, and I get One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And, like, you put those two together, and it's like, okay, I see I see the direction we're going. And then all of a sudden, it's Silence of the Lambs. I mean, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I don't get. No, I mean, it, it, it was of its time, but it yeah, was... Well, weird. so was this, yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, very true. It's, uh, like, you but, can't tell me we watched that movie. <laughs> I know. Like, I an know. hour and 45 fair, minutes worth, and you're sitting there fair. going... This is great editing. This is great directing. This is like, <laughs> screenplay is so amazing. True. How did they come up with these quotes? Like That's it's so of its time. Like yeah. you gotta you gotta go back in time to appreciate it. Quick question. Yes. Where was one flew over the cougar's nest filmed? Salem, Oregon. You damn right, Salem, Oregon. Yeah. Represent hometown. My high school girlfriend and I drove past that insane asylum. I drove past it all the time going to Target and down Center Street. I knew it was there, and I didn't tell her ahead of time. And then I told her as we were driving past it, she freaked the fuck out. Yeah, it was yeah. hilarious. And then I had nightmares for a week. <laughs> because that's the kind of person I am where I'm th- I think it's funny and then I end up scaring myself more. All right, it's not Center Street. It's State Street. I apologize. Don't, yeah, it's don't, the State Street. Don't take my Salem card away from me. It's been a while since I've been there. It's the, what is it, State Street Sanitarium, sanitarium or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Which it wasn't, I don't think it was originally an insane asylum. I think it was like I a... I think it was. It probably started as like a... Yeah. Uh, it was a hospital. One I of think, those polio I believe my mom worked or... there like in the 70s, like after, like she, I think Jesus. she worked there, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. My mom was in Do the... Do I need to field. sage the apartment now? Like... No, my mom was in the medical field. She was like... Oh, okay. Yeah, she used to work in the ER for a little bit, and then she became a medical transcriptionist, and she, she would type out doctor's notes so that just in case they got sued or anything, there were transcriptions gotcha. of the, the notes of surgeries and shit. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a nice little fun fact. We'll yeah. do that movie someday. That's definitely a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between Jack Nicholson and the big Native American. Nurse, Nurse Ratched. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so in 1993, it was selected by the for preservation by the U.S. National Film Registry by the library. It uh, happened one night by was, the Library yes. of Congress. What? It happened one night was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back, back to, to the that. actual yeah. relevant film. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned it was pre-code. That was one of my taste tidbits, but it, it's a bunch of shit we don't need to cover. Yep. Um, Gable and Colbert, so Clark Gable and Claudette, Claudette Colbert, Col- Colbert, yeah, were both not the first choice for the lead roles. Huh. In fact, they were uh, after a long list of other choices. Um, in fact, one of them was Carol Lombard. She actually turned down the role and would later marry Clay- Clark Gable. <laughs> huh. There you go. Um, it, there was a single unifying factor between all the people that turned it down, including the two people that actually did take the script. They all hated it. They all hated the script. <laughs> they thought it was the worst they'd ever read. And, um, Claudette Colbert's first film 
was a failure with Capra. So she was extra hesitant. That was uh, For the Love of Mike. Oh, that famous film. Exactly. Like, (laughs) it doesn't even sound like a... Okay. So she agreed to it only if she was going to get double the salary she had made in the previous film, which would end up being 50000 Oh, wow. I was going to make a joke about like 500 bucks, but yeah. Yeah. And filming would only take four weeks so she could make her well-planned vacation. <laughs> this sounds like a Hollywood starlet yeah. nowadays. Like, yeah. this doesn't... Yeah, 100%. Um, she initially balked at the uh, the pulling up of her skirt scene that makes to hitchhike. Course. She just sounds like a complete Hollywood diva. She said it was, quote, unladylike. Um, she agreed to it only after seeing her body double step in and start filming. And then she got jealous and was like, that's not my leg. And decided <laughs> to do it. Does this not sound like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It gets better. Um, she, according to Frank Capra himself, quote, had many little tantrums motivated by her apathy toward me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Or antip- antith- an- antipathy. Antipathy. Thank you. You're welcome. Antipathy. What did I say? Antip- you were going to go with antipathy. A- an- no. Before that, I said empathy. Yeah. I don't know what I said. Or no, you went apathy. Apathy. Yeah. It's the same thing, isn't it? No. What is apathy? Apathy mean? is the lack of caring. Oh. Antipathy is you're anti that person. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And then she even said, after filming it, quote, I just finished the worst picture in the world. <laughs> according to, uh, well, according to urban legend, Hollywood urban legend, Clark Gable was lent to Columbia Pictures, who it was filmed by, mm-hmm. by MGM. Mm-hmm. For twenty five hundred a week. So, mm-hmm. I didn't actually so know this. Like old like school actors were actually signed like teams. Yeah, they were part the of a yeah. of an actual motion picture company. Yeah, the studios legit owned actors. Like yeah. they owned them like fucking players. Yeah, sports team. Exactly. That's yeah. that's. Uh, it's weird, but it's kind of interesting. It's it, like and I think this, the team thing is an, a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Because they really were signed on to contracts to that company. Yeah. So he was part of MGM, and apparently he was lent to them, supposedly, for having an affair with Joan Crawford. <laughs> that um, surprised me, that, that old scoundrel. Uh, Frank Capra was very reluctant. And also, if it was supposed to go four weeks, that means they made ten grand off of it. Yeah. 2500 a week. Yeah. I mean... Twenty five hundred a week now is a lot of money. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would take twenty five hundred a week easily. Yeah, I mean, that. Yeah, but as as us, like yeah, yeah. well yeah, well, a yeah. bit. Um, I mean, yeah, it's based. I would probably or say like due to inflation, nowadays that's probably like two hundred fifty thousand a week, which would be a million. That's just that's like the Julia Roberts per word thing. Yeah, just like we're gonna give you a million dollars over four weeks. In order to use this actor, just use him. Just use him, yeah. That'll be part of our budget. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, it was a that was a punishment. <laughs> MGM was like, nah, he had you an affair. You get to go do this shitty script that you yeah, don't like. because apparently Columbia was a horrible like, um, like backwards a second rate, yeah, like, second rate 
yeah studio back then i mean you could kind of tell from the title card yeah at the end yeah it was just like yeah it's an afterthought studio that's trying to make mm-hmm. a name um and then on the first day clark gable walked in drunk that doesn't surprise right me. Right up to Clark, or right up to Frank Capra, and said, "Let's get this over with." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, when he won the Oscar, Clark Gable, he gave it to a kid who admired it, and said that winning the statue didn't matter, or winning the statue did matter, not owning it. Ah. Uh. And then apparently it was returned to the Gable family upon Clark's death. Oh, that's cool. That was cool. Um, Frank Capra makes a cameo. Yeah? He does. When? We already talked about this. I know. We don't talked about it. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> the enthusiasm. I was going to play it up. I know. I appreciate this it. This is a, a good show friend. as much as it's a fucking podcast, homie. Well, I didn't. You wanted to, you wanted to like skip ahead, and I, I wanted to make sure we. Saw well, that one little... I didn't. I didn't feel like watching people sing. The, Especially the, the singing 30s. scene is stupid. So yeah. Anyway. So Frank Capper makes a cameo in the in the scene where they're on the bus. They're singing the the daring young man on the flying trapeze fucking song. On the flying trapeze. So they sing like three. What is it? Couplets or whatever they are. The verses, stanzas, verses. things, verses. Yeah, whatever. Verses. So they sing three verses. And on the third one, the guy that stands up and sings in the aisle of the bus is Frank Capra. There you go. Um, he was the original Stan Lee. He was the original fucking <laughs> Stan Lee. Damn right. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Beautiful bastard. But um, but um. Let's see. Oh, okay. This one I thought was crazy. So. There is a famous cartoon character inspired by this movie. Huh. And I want to see if you can guess it. Like, like, I know we just mentioned Stan Lee, but it's not Marvel or anything like that. It's like legitimate, like old school, famous cartoon. Oh. Is it Pepe Le Pew? Holy shit. You are... Not only are you... In the right genre. It's not the exact one I was thinking of. You're in the right cartoon. But eventually, that was one of the, the things I was going to say. It, he was actually inspired by this film as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So like, the, the creator of Bugs Bunny. Ah, uh, Bugs Bunny. Frizz Freeland. Or Freelang. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, this is apparently one of his favorite movies. And Bugs Bunny's always eating carrots. So, there were three things in this movie that inspired Bugs Bunny. The carrots. Carrots. Peter Warren is talking quickly and eating carrots. As a kid, you just think, bunnies eat carrots. Like, that's just... You just think that they go together. It's because he watched this fucking movie and Bugs Bunny ate carrots. And then as a kid, you just think that that's the normal thing. His personality was Uh, the other... The second one. Who who is it based on? It's based on uh, Clark Gable. No. Think about it. Another male character. Oh, it's based on Shapely. It's based on Shapely. Because he calls every. He says, "What's up, Doc?" What's up, Doc? Because Doc is what Shapely yep. calls. And oh. also think about that character and the way he's talking. Yeah, and he's always and he's always like wisecracking. Yeah, and he's, he's exactly. kind of yellow a little bit, but but also he's but 
unlike Shapley, he actually outsmarts people and doesn't get outsmarted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And lastly, the third characteristic of Bugs Bunny, his name. Bugs Dooley. Bugs Dooley, the imaginary character that... That, that supposedly got shot by... By his... Peter Warren's Peter fake Warren's gangster fake character gangster, that he tells yeah. Shapley in that woods. Holy shit. And lastly, two other characters were also loosely inspired on characters from this movie. Yosemite Sam okay. was Alexander Andrews. Ah, the dad. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Which... I can see a little bit. The mustache and just yeah. the silly attitude. And Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, Pepe Le Pew, that would be uh, King Wesley. Yup. Yup, yup, yup. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he has a little mustache. He and, has a little mustache and he's a little bitch. Yeah. And, and he just... he. he not that Pepe Le Pew's a little bitch, but... I mean, well, Pepe Le Pew was the borderline rapist. <laughs> he wasn't a rapist. Yeah. He was just... Well, he was a sexual offender. He was not a sexual offender. He kept putting his advances on someone who was saying no and constantly getting away from him. He was just... That? Oh Is that God. what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, and the cat's <laughs> always trying to get away from him, and he continually keeps going. Yeah, and... Oh, my God. There's this funny joke by Dave Chappelle from his stand-up where he talks about, like, now when I see other kids watching Looney Tunes, I realize how fucked up that show really was. Oh, it's a, a lot yeah. of... Like, it's not just Looney Tunes. I like, know, but... There's so that, many things from those days where you're like, of, God the damn. The stand-up joke where he's just like, yeah, and my nephew was watching it once, and we were watching Pepe... And he's like, the worst offender, that Pepe Le Pew. And, and my nephew goes, yeah, see? See, Uncle Dave? Sometimes you just gotta take the pussy like Pepe. Jesus. It's a horrible stand-up joke, but it's an amazing stand-up joke because Dave Chappelle said it, yeah. so therefore it's hilarious. That is pretty funny. That was from his, like, 2000, I think, uh, maybe Killing Them Softly. It might have been from another special, but yeah. <laughs> I love that joke. And last but not least, um, while shooting the scene where he undresses, Clark yeah. Gable had trouble removing his undershirt while keeping his humorous flow going, and it took too long. As a result, the undershirt was abandoned altogether. Yeah, so he, he didn't have an undershirt. He under didn't his, have an undershirt. Yeah. Which at that time was very not common. It was yeah. very uncommon. Um, it became, therefore, cool huh. to not wear an undershirt. I like it. Which resulted in a huge drop in undershirt sales Whoa. across the country. Whoa. Legend has it that in response, some underwear manufacturers even tried to sue Columbia. Whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. So Clark Gable had that much sex appeal. It's not that. It's everyone saw that movie. Well, that too, but like yeah. it doesn't like even if you see a movie and you're like, you know, someone takes their fucking shirt off and doesn't mm -hmm. have an undershirt on, you're not immediately gonna go create a new fashion trend based on it. It has to be the person too. Mm -hmm. Like, god damn, so that kind of puts things into perspective. Of what kind of power Clark Gable had? Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly think this might have been the first film I've ever seen with Clark Gable in it, and I don't. I mean, I'd always. I'd always known who he was, and I'd always heard his name thrown yeah. around, but... It, I mean, like, I get it. 
<laughs> like, I get it. I mean, he was a dick in this movie, but he was a he was a suave dick. Well, do you have any more tidbits? No, those are all tidbits. So let's get well, right into the movie. Let's get into the let's movie. Get into yeah, movie. keep going. I like it. Double your thoughts on the movie. Like the suave, the charming dick. We we he's a charming jokes. dick. We kept saying it out it's loud a, when we were watching the movie. He's a, God, he's a dick. But he's a charming dick. Like <laughs> we the, kept saying it. The '30s were a weird time, man. Yes, they were. So, I mean, as long as you put it in perspective of that, and you you take out all of the horrendous things to today's standards. He, I mean, he's still a dick. Mm-hmm. But it, like you said, he's a charming dick. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you think? Um. I don't know. It was interesting. I liked it. It had. It was actually more comedic than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like I figured it would be a lot more outdated, mm-hmm. and a product of its time, and I was prepared to appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. But I actually found myself laughing at it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. Which I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. What I like about this film, watching it now, like in a pres- just present day, yeah, is just n- and knowing the impact it had and how it's considered. I just like all the... Th- things that inspired so like there's certain movies that are just hallmarks that inspired tropes and motifs and themes that other movies used in the genre for the future Mm -hmm. so we talked about that with with uh when harry met sally right we said for like the modern rom-com this was the foundation yeah a lot of true this is the foundation of rom-com this movie created so many things mm-hmm. that people that movies used like what so i mean the first thing is just the the whole the the tension between the main characters the whole you know the, yeah. the fiery temper between the two the you know they're they're mad at each other these sort of thing like all the way to the end when Peter, you know, is pissed and like he keeps getting asked if he loves her by Alexander. Mm-hmm. He's like, Dodging yes, question. Uh, yes, I love her, but don't hold it against me. You know, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, just the whole tempers and like the walls being put up when you know, and just finding ways. The walls to, of Jericho. <laughs> the walls of Jericho being put up among to st- keep love away and just finding ways to elongate the film. From its conclusion, rather than just having simple communication. I mean, granted, dear God, yeah, that that part, like, I get it, yeah. but it was, I was just like, just fucking talk already, guys, like, yeah, dear God. But at the same time, rom coms just can't operate that way. I know you have to, I have, know you have to elongate, you have to find, you, you have know. to have that build up, that suspense. Yeah. That I mean, the best rom coms find a way to make it all make sense. Yeah, and you know, other ones just you know use that trope to. Well, it's a rom-com. You're just going to have to go with it sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. You know, uh, the the almost kiss that they had, which you weren't here for. I think he went to the restroom at the time. But in the hay, when he comes back and he brings carrots and then he puts her... Oh, no, I was actually making my own version of carrots. I was making a salad. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're making a salad. That's right. <laughs> uh, but 
Like, he puts the coat on her, and she's laying there, and she has her hands behind her head, and she's looking up at him. Oh. And then he, like, kind of comes down and covers her, and then he does a little extra move, but then they don't kiss. Which is the closest thing they get to a kiss in the movie, but they do not kiss in the movie. Oh, yeah. There is no kiss to rate. There's no kiss to rate. Yes. You picked a movie without a kiss. And you know what? The first time I watched this movie with my mom, that was my biggest complaint. I wonder if that was... Do you think that was a product of the time? Like, were they allowed to kiss on camera? I think it was a product from the Tasty Timothy gave. A product of the actors themselves. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm well, sure. yeah, because It's a Wonderful Life was around the same time, too. And they kissed like crazy in that movie. Yeah. And that is I mean, not a rom-com. Like, theatrical kisses are a thing. Like, people, like theatrical kisses happened yeah. at that time. But, yeah, like, I'm sure... Like, Clark Gable probably had whiskey on his breath, and Claudette Colbert was never going to, you know, kiss someone whose breath stunk that bad. So, therefore, ergo, the actual... (laughs) Yeah, like, I think it it also makes sense not only for the the behind-the-scenes stories, but also for the, the tempers that these two showed each other is that the last time they see each other in person on screen, they're pissed at each other, which was another complaint I had in a while. He, yeah, he says he doesn't have the stomach for it, and he leaves in a huff out the door. And that's the last time you see them on screen together. Oh yeah, because you don't see them with the walls of Jericho; you just see the blanket come down. Oh yeah, yeah. It so like there's a foundation for what a lot of rom coms ended up using from this movie. Right. But at the same time, there's a reason it's a foundation right. and not an absolute, you know, masterclass of it. On the heels of that, I don't. I mean, of course, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm missing something that was from that era, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things about that era that I just don't get. And love and relationships back then is one of them. Well, they had a very paternal yeah it yeah. was strange yeah i just it, like i know i'm probably missing something based on that but i i also want to say that i just didn't quite get how they could really actually fall in love in a situation like that when it started not necessarily rocky but it started so antagonistic yeah and so uh, paternal, like you said, that's a really good way to put it. Like, well, the patriarchy was real. We're talking about a, a movie that was filmed at a time where women's suffrage was about... Wait, did you say patriarchal or paternal? I, well, I said paternal initially, okay, but then okay. I'm saying the patriarchy was real because we're talking about a time where women's suffrage was barely in its teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> in our like country. That, yeah. Like, so we're still talking about a time where it's just like... You know, women are kind of this, you know, subs- like, you know, quote unquote subservient, you know. Yeah, they're still kind the, of the man and the man controls things, this sort of thing. So that's why seeing her outsmart people at times, her be stubborn, her be quote unquote a brat is in a way so great to see. I thought Claudette Colbert was performed wonderfully in this movie. I, I thought they, she was fantastic. I thought they the both acted very well. They both acted they very were, well. I thought she good. especially was really good in this movie. And that 
you know, but at the same time, when you spend this much time on the road and basically this guy is helping you, like, within the film, this character is helping you survive. Like, without him, she's dead. Like, without him... Yeah, for a couple of those scenes, for sure. Yeah, because, like, she has, she's going to have to walk somewhere that has a phone to call her dad. What if there's nowhere to walk to? What if there's no phone? She's fucked. Like, yeah. you know, there's, so this guy's basically saving her life by being the street smart guide to her and like helping her with like carrots that she begrudgingly eats while in the car Yeah, but and then he, sleeping in hay and things like that. When she does thank him, he doesn't like accept it. And then he goes and like, not just calls her names, but blatantly says some really mean shit. It's, well, like, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm, yeah. it's. Just it's, part of the time, I'm sure, but like, like I cringe every time he was saying "shut up" and stuff. It's like, damn, dude! Like, and I agree with you. Like, she's not a child. Yeah, and I agree did, with you. Did you? Did none of you like view each other as well? You actually, you already answered my question. I was gonna say, yeah. did none of you view each other as equals back then? Yeah, and you already did answer that. That's very true. Yeah. It's, it's a product of the time, and, and unfortunately, but. to me, like you said, the most attractive parts of it were when she was being defiant or she was being strong-willed or mm -hmm. or independent showing glimmers of independence or free yeah. thought yeah that was when she the was most attractive the hitchhiking scene is fucking brilliant how yeah. it just turns things on his head where he kept talking about how he could write a book on things he could yeah write a book on dunking the donut in the coffee and she and just rides her time she just and, sits there and lets him make a fool she, of himself she gives him the fucking she gives him sarcastic remarks mm -hmm. and she says wow like and all this sort of yeah. things and then what she do first car she sees boom she uses what only she has yep. in order to get the car in a weird way, that's like, you know, a feminine, like a feminist icon, iconic moment there. Where it's just like, yeah, there's things that men just can't do as well as women could, and like, or you know, at, at times. I'm not saying women could like hitchhike better than men or whatever the case may be, but I'm saying like with that leg there, as I wave to the camera for <laughs> yeah, Instagram you're on, post you're while I record now. here. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, when she lifts her skirt up to show the leg to get a car and, like, one-ups Clark Gable's character, it's, you know, it, it's so endearing as an audience member to see that. Yeah. And so, because you're just like, yes, sisters are doing it for themselves, too. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah, uh, but, you know, we... The, that's the 30s. It, it really comes down to like yeah, that's the 30s sort of thing. It's just a product of the time. I get it. Yeah, but it's just still weird. It, it it is weird to see, but at the same time, you also kind of really enjoy just like the quality of the film, and just you can see like why it won the awards, and yeah, you can see how this is. And like that, you said, it set up a lot of a lot of stuff long, for new rock coms. It made that. this genre a real genre that people could continue on with. Yeah, it it made it like it was so popular. It found it found awards. It found everything. So now it was like, okay, now we got to go make rom coms. And then it, you know, then you get other rom coms like you know the Philadelphia Story, Bringing Up Baby. Like you get other actresses who become. Huge, like the Hepburns, Catherine and Audrey, and all this other sort of stuff. So, yeah. Sorry. 
It's okay. Was, <laughs> Instagram was going crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned though, there there's things that just don't sit well with like the whole thirties aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, and like, and then also as I mentioned, there's no kiss. The last time you see them on screen together, they hate each other. Yeah. But it's hilarious. We both laughed at the end. The the, end- the ending was pretty funny. The ending joke is a fucking hilarious joke. I think it was the like, best part of the movie, actually. Well, not only one that, like, Alexander Andrews, the dad, when he first off is smiling when she runs away from the altar... And yeah. then he's already got a fucking cigar lit, and he's yep. smoking it. Victory King cigar. Le- yeah, he's got a victory cigar. And then when he talks to King Wesley on the phone, drunk as hell, after giving him $100,000, like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you ain't got my daughter anymore. Yep. She's the someone she really loves. Eat a dick. <laughs> well, which is, it's just like, what did he, What did the editor order that uh, cartoon for the newspaper yeah, earlier and was, on? And that was foreshadowing. Yeah, and, he was yeah. like, "I want a picture of him standing at the altar with yeah. tears on his face, where the mother or where the father is standing there laughing." Yeah. And it's like, yeah. "Well, you actually got that." And and then when you know they sent, I, I like that they also their honeymoonish was like they're gonna go to different auto camps and like put the yeah like i thought that was a cool little thing for the characters and then the drunkenly the dad just goes let them topple (laughs) just slurs it out just let them topple and then that's and then the fucking toy trumpet why why does he need a toy trumpet that all is hilarious and funny and well and good and it's a great joke and you, you know it's it's something that will be easily remembered but at the same time i'd rather see them goddamn kiss and actually look like they want to be around each other. And from the sounds yeah. of the behind the scenes stuff and everything that was going on, there was a lot of chemistry The as far as like the lines and just them being good actors. Like the performances are good. They are good actors. But you can tell that they aren't completely in it because they kind of don't want to be around each other because they don't want to be there in the first fucking place. Yeah, they, and you can, ki- can kind of tell through. that they're both prima donnas. Especially and hearing that after the tidbits, it comes yeah. through when you think about it. Yeah. And that does hinder it. That That's why this is... It's great to look back at this film and just kind of see where rom-coms come from. But at the same time, it's it's kind of like... Also, I can't really get in the mood when it's black and white. Like, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was restored pretty well. It, it was, yeah. You know, yeah. It it, you know, the, the side boot from Claudette Colbert at the second <laughs> auto camp really came through. The- <laughs> <laughs> that grayish tint really just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I apologize. That's the three shots of tequila talking. Uh, <laughs> Don't need to apologize. <laughs> I'm, a, is, I'm an admirer of side boob. Side boob is fantastic. Everyone side, knows that. Side boob like is for Family Guy. Whose side boob is that? That's my side boob. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, there's a. Uh, there's no kiss to grade. Yeah, there is um, no kiss to grade. I mean, there's an almost kiss, as I mentioned in the hay. Yeah. I would give that just a solid C because uh, it, it really was the precursor to a lot of almost okay, you kisses. You know what? Let's let's rate the their let's rate their chemistry instead. I'd give it a C. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> like I just 
the them as actors and just actors in general of the time were really good at acting because they were coming from places where they acted on stage. Yeah. Like they were trained They actors. were from a different mindset. This wasn't acting. just like, you have a look, we're going to make you an actor. This right. was, you were a fucking actor who also has a look. Sort of right. Thing. And so they just put you in the shits. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, it was just... I, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really have much to say about their their overall chemistry that I haven't already said. Because, like, I don't, like, I don't get it. I don't get, like, I, some like, of it is the disconnect, like I already said. And some of it is just I don't understand how, like, even if I try to understand the 30s and what romance may have been like back then, I still don't see it happening. I don't see it, how... Like, that all would have panned out like that. Yeah, I mean, the only part... It's not to say rom-coms are realistic at all. Yeah. Every time I give this kind of rating, I keep thinking, like, but they're rom-coms. Like, they're, there's, there's, it's supposed to be unrealistic. Yeah. But this one was a little, like... Extra? Y- y- yeah, but, like, in a different way than other films we've watched that were extra. Yeah. It was more of just, like, I'm just supposed to assume that they magically care for... Like... Like, when she's all of a sudden swooning over him simply because of the island he's dreaming about going to. Like, I get well, I get that part, and I get that scene, and I totally get that that could have made someone fall in love with you. If there was pretense behind it. If there was a lead up to it where he's not berating you for an hour and a half beforehand. That's... That's like you, how much of a glutton for punishment are you? See, now, that's something where I feel like there's a disconnect in the time periods. Where he, like, they have that almost kiss in the hay. And then that's a turning point to their relationship. And how they deal with each other. Like, and also... Maybe. Like, like on, they're on the bus and then... Like, they find out about the reward, and then he has to get her around the river, and then, like, they're hungry, they have no money, and they're at that farm, and she initially was like, oh my god, you know, if you don't want to be here, then leave. Wait, he knew about the reward? Yeah, that's why he and Shapely have that... Oh, that's right, Shapely tells him. Yeah. So then why did he pretend at the end with with her dad that he didn't know about the reward? Because he loved her. So he's starting off with a lie. <laughs> what? He's starting off the relationship with a lie. Well, I mean, they all kind of were. To her dad, too. No, well... He could hire a contract <laughs> he killer. He didn't say... Well, he kind of said, like, what, $10,000? Like, well, he said, fuck the 10000 I just want thirty nine sixty for what I paid in gas to try to go get her. No, he actually asked what reward at one point. Well, whatever the fuck. He I just whatever, whatever, man. You're gonna fucking lie to her dad, whatever. Well, because he was initially just not even gonna mention how he loved her. He it was the dad who had to keep pressing. That's it was true. The dad who had to play Cupid here, but it was he wanted that thirty nine dollars and sixty cents because he was hurt by her. He was hurt that she's that she had spurred him, that she had said she wanted to be with him, that he finally let his internal walls down to say, all right, then I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna become a honest man who has some money to support a life here we're gonna make a life together and then he goes he gets everything set up and when he comes back she's in the arms of that douchey dude who's been saying get away from the whole time Pepe Le Pew Pepe Le Pew and now 
It's like, I just want the fucking money I spent on the gas. Fuck that, Broad. I want my gas money. Fuck everything else. I don't even care about the 10000 Give my goddamn gas money that I spent on that damn chick who broke my damn heart. Fuck you. Like, I get that. That makes that, sense to me. That actually did make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's why he's only asking for thirty nine sixty, And that's how the guy, that's how the dad knows because the dad's like, I've been that petty. I know that. It's like, <laughs> I know that petty. It's like, I get that. Like, So it's nice to know that, okay, so if love can change in all of its forms over time and evolve and, and, be in, and, be, and happen in different forms, it's nice to know that broken hearts still take the same form no matter what. It's still the same petty bullshit yeah. where it's like, I'm hurt. Fuck y'all. Give me my shit. Yep. Whether it's money or revenge or whatever it is, it's my heart's broken and I need to fuck some shit up. That was men in the 1930s and that's going to be men in the 2030s. They're going to be the whole paternal, I know everything alpha, so they get punched in the nose by some sort of emotional or fucking physical Fucking wars situation. have been started over that shit. Like yeah. Fucking Helen... Helen of, Helen Troy. of Troy. Helen of Troy, yeah. That whole fucking thing. It's like, it's all. Oh, she left me, so let's lead a fucking massive yeah, army and invade all, an entire country. It's all alpha machismo. I know everything. Follow me. I'll take care of you. And then once you get punched in the nose and advers- adversity is put into you, you all of a sudden turn petulant. Yep. And yep. Hey, boom. Ladies and gentlemen, that is men. We apologize we on behalf do. of men. You know what? Women do it, too. They just do it in their own ways. And not all men do it in that way, too. Hey, not all women, all right? Not all not, Hashtag not all women. Hashtag not all men. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's... What would you grade this? Or what would you would you fuck Mary or kill this film? Also, what happens after ever after? Oh yeah, we always uh, skip that now. Yeah. Um, Do you have one? Yeah, I feel like shapely. What happens to him? He he, he runs he into the dies, woods, man. He runs in the woods. Yeah, he dies. I think shapely. He finds a way to hitchhike up to Orange, New Jersey. And he gets back to his family and his two kids. And when he gets to his family's home, goes in to surprise his family, he opens his bedroom door. Oh, come on. And his wife's with another man. Come on. (laughs) And what does Shapely say? Hey, Doc. (laughs) And he turns into a bunny. (laughs) And then... There's a struggle, <laughs> and there's a struggle, a fight, and he loses. Anyway, that's what happens after after. Jesus. Anyway. Your ever afters are getting so much darker. <laughs> well, when there's not much to you say. You know we're getting to the end of winter season in Chicago, and our mindsets are taking. It's not that. It's not that. It's just that the main characters, It's not. there's not much to say about them. Like, yeah. They fuck. Well, it was a pretty, it was a pretty one-dimensional yeah. storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And like we've said before, sometimes the what happens after or after isn't very... Yeah. Sometimes there isn't even one, but in this one, there's a little one. <laughs> there's a little one right there. Um, I mean, shit. I did one about the Knicks and the Kings with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days in like the NBA Finals. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was a good one. Yeah. I actually liked it. That was a nice twist I did on forget it. to do one about uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, but I did write in the, des- in the description... They all break up. Yeah, they all. Break <laughs> it's up. high school. It's they high all school. broke up. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
You grade the film first. What do you? What would you grade this? I um, would fuck it. Okay. Uh, it was. I think for historical reference and for what it is and and like you said, what it what it provides to, not only rom coms but the film industry. I think I think it's definitely worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch with um, with protection. <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> this is this is the fuck that you uh, you definitely wear protection with, and yeah. um, you know you 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 get a little drunk, <laughs> but you're also uh, sober beforehand, and you know what you're getting self, yourself into. You're mm-hmm. aware of the the ramifications, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know you're aware that it's an older movie, and that. Um, you know, that's black and white and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you go into it with that context. But it's I think it's definitely worth one watch. Yeah, I agree. I would fuck this film as well. Um, I mean, I I have fond memories of it because of my mom's mm-hmm. affinity for it. And just like... That's a good story. I like that. And, you know, just how much she liked it and, and watching it with her. I've seen it multiple times. And I agree. I, I watch it just... Whenever I feel like I kind of want to go back to Hollywood in those days. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about Hollywood in those days. Even, like, when the actors are just, like, absolute shitholes. Yep. Like, my favorite movie of all time is Casablanca. Casablanca was literally written day by day as they were filming it. Really? Yes. Like, they did not have that shit scripted the fuck out. They had, like, an actual, like, play that they were basing it off of. They were still writing the ending as they were oh fucking filming. How did they <laughs> like hire yet, actors without a script then? They were just reading the fucking scripts as they were getting them. Oh my god. And How did the actors were, agree to this shit? They were a part of the studios. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They <laughs> like they were on the team. Yeah. And they're like so it's just fun to see old Hollywood sometimes, you know, but at the same time, there's a reason it's back in the past. Yeah. We've moved forward. Exactly. You know? Uh and yeah, I just it's it's a solid because it's good to know where you came from. It's like it's like a good history lesson. Where yeah. you're just like it's fun to see why something is the way it is, and it's fun to watch this and see why rom coms are the way they are because this is really like the initial, you know, I I don't know if the Rosetta Stone, okay, know, whatever. Yeah. Like this is the initial, you know, found the initial plant the seed that grew the big plant of rom-coms yeah okay you know? that, that, I guess we'll that, go with that that analogy, analogy works I get so it. yeah okay so that's two fucks from us we Jesus. get two fucks in this movie yeah <laughs> um, it, was, it was decent but it yeah. wasn't great yeah and uh you can find our socials including the instagram video we took during this uh, oh yeah on our instagram co- account which is Bromancing the Stone Podcast, so spelled, you know, B-R-O, you know, Bromancing the Stone Podcast, the whole thing there. Uh, you can also find our Twitter, Bro the Stone Pod. I'm trying to be a little more active with that one, slowly but surely, <laughs> uh, but that's B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E-P-O-D. Also, my Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the E in super, so it's S-U-P-R Market Sweep. And my Instagram is relusa88, and that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8-8. And then Max. My Instagram is the Lionhearted T-H-E, period, L-Y-O-N, H-E-A-R-T-E-D. 
Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and Max, it is your turn to choose the film. So next week, what film are we going to be watching? We are going to watch a wonderful film <laughs> that is just as old and ancient and uh, precursory as this film. I don't believe you. It's not at all. <laughs> it, it is the antithesis of this movie. Um, we're going to go back to the same shitty taste that Max has of nostalgia. Okay. With Ashton Kutcher. Uh-huh. And Natalie Portman. I fucking knew it. How did you know it? Because... Because like, it popped up? It popped up. And right then, as I chose and it, you yeah. T- yeah, it popped up when we were running this off of Amazon Prime. We rented this. I know what, I know what I'm choosing. And then he said, I don't know what I'm choosing next week. I just thought of it. I saw the pop-up. It was no strings attached right there. No strings attached. I have not seen this film. You've never seen it? I've seen a little tiny bit of it. Oh, like my God. It's going to blow your mind with how bad it is. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that bad. It, I mean, it's just a very typical... I mean, we'll get into it next week. Yeah, but it's we'll a, get into it's it. It's a very we'll, typical, just like, um, like cheesy... Ashton Kutcher is rom-com. Like, and we'll it's go just... into a little more about your first memories of it and yeah. why you chose it besides the fact that you just randomly saw it as you rented this one. <laughs> and, That's uh, totally my, yeah. my choosing criteria. And this criteria. will be the first movie that I haven't seen at all. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen every other movie at least, like, once. Like, yeah. one time or another. This, I haven't seen at all. Like, I don't really know the plot. So Fuck yeah. Okay, well, it's about time because you made me watch two now. <laughs> in a row, in a row that yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, so. But you make me. I but, know. Yeah. yeah, and then it was consensual. And then after this one that you've chosen, I'll be choosing the next one. And then on March twenty third, we have another one that we've jointly decided that we're going to do. Yes, because it is one of our favorite times of the year. I know it's my personal favorite time of the year. It is coming up on opening day soon enough for baseball. Hells so, to the March twenty yes. third. You can mark your calendars. Summertime. You know and baseball, and good weather, and god damn it, baseball is amazing. Anyway. And we'll be watching Bull Durham on the 23rd. Yes. So you can mark your calendars for that review. Which, then. as big of a baseball fan as I am, I've never seen. Yeah. I've so. seen so many baseball movies and not Bull Durham. It's an iconic baseball rom-com. So. And I also didn't even know it was a rom-com. I thought it was just a baseball movie. It is movie. definitely a rom-com. But, okay. But a lot of baseball in it. So it'll be a good one. It'll be fun to do that one. But... Before that, we will do No Strings Attached next week. (laughs) And until then, to the tens and tens of listeners, we love you. We thank you for rocking with us. Keep the bromance alive. Until next time, have a good night. Love you guys.